follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And we're here with Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. We're going to start off by wrapping up the NBA draft. And then we're going to go into a double section on fantasy NFL football. We're in the offseason. Dog days of summer. Baseball has a limited amount of interest. But uh, we're going to definitely still be focusing on basketball and football. So let's get right to it. A lot of surprises in the NBA draft. And let's start with the top of the board. Absolutely. I just want to say before I go into the NBA draft talk, I just want to say um, give my hellos to the listeners out there. Um, Again, we appreciate you listening in. Um, You know, for the summer, you really set up the landscape of the the three other major sports um, here with baseball um, in full bloom. Um, But right now, I definitely have a lot of interest in the sports of basketball and football, so I definitely want to highlight that. The 4th of July is coming up. I know I want to wish all our Canadian listeners a happy Canada Day um, as as we celebrate their day today. And uh, and America's Day is July 4th, so we'll be barbecuing, we'll be hopping around, going off the diving board, and we'll be swimming in the pool. But anyway, enough of talking about pools and barbecues. I think you guys are listening to us also for sports radio talk and to, to learn about stuff that you might not know. I assume you know about pool barbecues. Okay, so our first, our first pick right now in the NBA draft happened to be a surprise. We go all the way to Las Vegas, Nevada to find our first pick, Anthony Bennett. He went to um, a powerhouse. He went to Finley Prep in Nevada, who usually plays in the um, in the um, private school league Invitational Classic in Washington, D.C. So Finley Prep is pretty much a school that is limited uh, – <laughs> So I'm going to get around to Bennett, okay? It's a school that's limited with 100 kids. It's a boarding school in Nevada that's centered around basketball. Bennett, speaking of Canada, he's from Canada, um, and then he came down to Ve- to uh, Nevada for to finish up his high school career. This guy's raw, okay? He's only played one year of basketball at the University of Nevada. He won the uh, Mountain West um, Freshman of the Year Award, averaged 16 points. But the thing about this guy is he's not really a 
polished scorer. His jump shot still needs a lot of work, but he can hop out the gym. He has crazy athleticism. He can run the floor. He's a small forward. So they have Waiters, Irving, and now they put Bennett here. You know, I was expecting Noel to go here, but you look at the Cavs right now. They still have Verizal. He's still a free agent. And Noel with his ACL problems, I think this guy Bennett... Um, I mean, he still has a lot of problems because he still is very raw. And against Cal, you could see all those problems in the NCAA tournament. He was turning the ball over. He wasn't looking to pass. He has very poor vision for a small forward. But the thing is, his first step is very quick. And he and he does have terrific athleticism. He's a great defender. And he could finish around the basket. His jump shot is is not very polished. It's, it's pretty weak, to be honest. And his vision is absolutely atrocious. But... But other than that, I think in this in this weak draft at the top, it's a decent pick to fill the need. Okay, I'm not going to say it's great. I'm going to say it's a decent pick and it's a project. Well, in looking at the highlights, this reminds me a little bit about Andre Iguodala. If you remember him, you look at the um, at the highlight film. What do you see? You see a lot of dunks. You see a very athletic guy. So I think that's what you see here. The highlight film is incredible. The guy has, like you say, a lot of athleticism. He's a young guy, so as far as his vision and his passing, you'd hope that he would develop that. But I think they were looking to make a splash and bring in an exciting player. Let's go to the second pick. Yeah, you're right. And when you look at the highlights, you don't actually see the turnovers. You don't see the struggling and forcing up shots. So the next pick is a guy I really happen to like. And uh, th- this guy wouldn't go as high in the, in this in most NBA drafts, but Victor Oladipo, the second pick out of the University of Indiana. Now this guy... Um, only got two other scholarships along with Indiana. He was just supposed to be a guy who would come off the bench and be a defensive stopper. He went to high school up in Ohio. His dad's a very serious guy. He actually wanted him to forego basketball to learn about more discipline in martial arts. The reason I mentioned that is that this guy Oladipo's a workhorse. He's Nigerian-born, so he's from Nigeria. And the bottom line about Oladipo is that he's a very serious personality, and he's a guy that is not going to be a workhorse off the floor so he's a great character guy and he's a guy that's going to work very hard um of course, Oladipo, his jump shot has much improved but it still is not fully there um and his um his size is also a problem. He's a small shooting guard. But the bottom line is he's a defensive ball hawk. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get effort. You're going to get discipline. You're going to get a high character guy that's going to improve. The ceiling for this guy is probably about a 19-point scorer. I don't ever see him going up to a 24-point scorer. He just doesn't have enough moves around the basket. He's just not tall enough. He's not strong enough. And he also doesn't have enough moves as an offensive player. But I see him running the break I could see him averaging 16 points and he's a guy that's a high effort guy you know what you're gonna get and I love this pick it's a very safe pick as opposed to Bennett you know what you're gonna get with Oladipo a guy who hustles great character guy great defender and a guy that can finish around the basket well let's try to uh move on with respect to the third pick guy named uh, Otto Porter for me that was um there were a lot of surprises. This is the one that, that I did get right. And when you're the Washington Wizards, the one thing you want is to try to get some attendance. And you bring a guy in, Otto Porter, who's a hometown guy from Georgetown. And uh, he's a good shooter. I think that he'll 
fitted pretty well next to John Wall. I don't think he's a particularly great player. And in fact, I saw him disappear in some games. Mm. What, are your, what are your feelings about this guy? Yeah, I mean, this guy honestly doesn't flash off the board to me. He's not a... Um... He's not the most glitzy and glamorous pick, but uh, he I saw him have some strong games where he could shoot the ball. He has very good size. He's hes a good character guy, um, but I just I don't necessarily love the pick. I think he's pretty limited offensively. I think he needs to get a lot faster to create a shot, but again, uh, he's a guy probably like a George Lynch I'd compare him to um, as a four that has good size and... Uh, or he's a three, sorry. He's a three that can um, that can rebound, but not not a very glamorous pick. Very offensively limited, I guess. And uh, yeah, but this was a need pick because the Wizards have um, John Wall and and they're building around their front court. So, well, then we move on to what I thought was not a good pick. That is the Charlotte Bobcats certainly uh, make a living out of bad picks, bad choices, and. Uh, led by their formerly great basketball player, but poor general manager. Yeah, decent basketball player. Uh, we, we look at Cody Zeller. Now, Cody Zeller is the third of the Zellers, the flying Zellers, and the, the other two haven't made an impact on the league. Uh, Cody was a good college basketball player, but he's you know he's a seven-footer. He's got skill. He could run the floor. But I just think he, he, he's not bulky enough to really – uh, make an impact in the NBA, and I think he doesn't really fit in as being a fourth pick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Macklemore go here. Um, I mean, they do have Kemba Walker, so that eliminates kind of the point guards because Walker is a bright spot on that team. He did have some strong games last year. Zeller just has no outside shots. I mean, his shot is flatter than a barn. Um, he can't shoot the rock very well. And I look at Zeller, and the, and in college he would overpower people. He would chuck up a shot towards towards the rim, and then he would follow it with a jam. In the NBA, when you're playing against the best athletes in the world and and superior athletes to college and very strong and physical dudes, I just don't see Zeller really imposing his will like he did in college. He's going to have to develop a more finesse game, which is going to take years. And I think Macklemore and Noel, there's a lot of guys I would have put here above Zeller. This was just too much of a reach. They should have traded up their pick. They could have got Zeller way later in the draft in the first round. Well, we get to uh, pick number five. And we got the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. We've got Alex Len. Now, when I look at this guy, I think uh, the one thing I notice is he, his game is, is limited. He's, um, he's very good around the basket. He's a good defensive player. One thing about Phoenix is they've never played much in the way of defense. So that's certainly uh, an interesting uh, pick and in, in might complement what they have going. You know, I, we, we saw Maryland beat Duke twice and Len had games – that were really good and really outstanding. Phoenix, obviously a bad team, as, as all these, these five teams are. Yeah. Uh, what are your feelings about Alex Len? Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed with this pick in many in many aspects. I thought this might have been one of the worst picks of the draft because you look at Phoenix, um, you look at Goran Dragic, who always has trouble with finding long-term contracts. I just don't know if he's your long-term answer at point guard. I definitely would have put... Um, I definitely would have picked Macklemore here because you need a shooting guard to to fill in the void. You may you maybe wanted to go for Trey Burke 
or a Macklemore or possibly a McCollum, a McCallum here as a as a as a, a point guard, as a guard that will kind of set your franchise in order. Because after the D'Antoni and Nash era, Phoenix has kind of been left of that of that floor leader, of that floor gen- general. And you look down low. Also, Phoenix has Marcin Gortat, one of the most underrated big men in the league, and they have Luis Scola, the finesse Argentine. So I think they have a reasonably strong front court. They don't need another center. And Len, he just is too inconsistent, just just jumped on the board way too soon this year. Um, I would have definitely have liked to have seen them pick um, either a point guard, uh, either McCallum or Macklemore are the two guys, or Trey Burke. So I didn't like this pick at all for Phoenix. Well, this segment went really fast. And we want to thank everybody for listening to Bruce the Sports Talk. We're going to be back in three minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And we really have a lot to cover with respect to the NBA draft. And we're also going to get into fantasy football. Trading camp is going to begin again. There's kind of a little pause in the action. 
And we have a special guest here at Mr. Ben Fogel, who's a, a national fantasy draft expert. He's actually an Ivy Leaguer. We don't have many of those on the show. Most of the guys are. Uh, they're tough to come by. Yeah, most of the guys are. Uh, yeah, they're they're not really university trained in any in any way or <laughs> shape or form. So Ben is certainly uh, distinguished in that sense. So let's get. I, I'd like to talk about the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Okay. I personally, uh, going into this draft, I was absolutely apathetic about the team. I'm happy to say I gave up my season tickets last year. Thoroughly disgusted with them after the Bynum fiasco. And then I I must tell you, I was very impressed with what happened in the draft. We have a guy named Hinky, Sam Hinky. Obviously, with a name like Hinky, it's like Schmuckers. It's got to be good jam. Uh, Not not an exciting name, but but an exciting GM. And what he did was he made some really uh, bold moves. He traded Drew Holiday, the only all-star, for... The rights to Nerland's Noel, certainly interesting first name, but a very good player with an interesting haircut. And they also drafted Michael Carter-Williams. And we heard Jimmy Beheim, who's the coach of, of Syracuse, say some very interesting things. Syracuse is a team that had two seniors. It was a veteran team, certainly an athletic team. Spencer, the, the clear leader of the team was this guy, Michael Carter-Williams, a six-foot, six-and-a-half-inch point guard with excellent vision and defensive ability. The interesting wild card is Noel and this guy Carter Williams have been best friends since ninth grade. So as far as creating chemistry, putting a nucleus together, and potentially putting together a team that could win few games and that way enable them to get two great draft choices next year, I think this was a brilliant move. Uh, and, and, and so I really applaud the Sixers for doing that. We still need a uh, there's one small thing we're missing, and that's a, actually a head coach. But uh, what are your thoughts about the Sixers draft moves? Well, I mean, something that's huge that you just harped on is, uh, and most people might not think this is important, but uh, I think this goes outside of just the X's and O's, is that Carter Williams and Nerlens are, are really good friends, you know, from high school. I'm assuming that they both grew up in the Virginia area. And since they have chemistry, it's kind of an amazing story that they would both go to university for one year and then be reunited like this. It's uh, it's pretty um, it, it's a tearjerker actually that they're back on the 76ers. It's kind of like a Hollywood script that they'll be playing and throwing alley oops together in practice. So that's a huge deal, and that might have gone in. That might have been the uh, the so-called. Um, I'm lacking words here, but that could have been his motto, Sam Hankey, or the motive to possibly get Carter Williams. I'm not as psyched about Carter Williams as you described, honestly. I think that he's a guy that is just pretty much an isolation player. I think he's very raw. I like McCallum a lot better, the C.J. McCollum from Lehigh. I just thought he was more polished as a scorer. He, he has much better range than Carter Williams, who can actually put the ball in the basket, and he's a better ball handler. But Carter Williams is physically has an NBA body. He's NBA ready in that regard. He can defend well, but just as terms of being a point guard, I'm not in love with the fit. I think Carter Williams would do fine as a wing player. He kind of reminds me more of Andre Iguodala and not really as a big point guard. Um, so, and then Nerland's Noel. He he tore his ACL and uh, Philadelphia. 
Um, when you think of the 76ers, you have that uh, vision of that uh, of that other big guy who didn't play very much last year, that other big center that, that was coming in from L.A., and uh, he had injury problems too, and his name is Andrew Bynum. So now you have Nerlens Noel, who has torn ACL. He won't be able to play towards November. Those are definitely, I'm just playing devil's advocates to your optimism, but you think about the Sixers, and you think about the landscape of this Eastern Conference in this NBA. You look at the Miami Heat right now with LeBron James and and he's been the king of the league and he's gotten to the finals twice. You're going to need some firepower. You need to just start from scratch and you need to build up pretty much an empire. And you don't build you the Romans didn't build Rome in one day. So, you look at the Sixers, how far was their ceiling with Drew Holiday? Their ceiling was maybe becoming a solid team like maybe the Denver Nuggets say in the West and getting to the semi finals and in Philly and personally as a fan of the 76ers that doesn't cut it for me so I like what Hinky's doing he's breaking it apart and also um, one other point to note is that in the deal they happen to also get a lottery pick for next year so now the Sixers if they happen to struggle this year which I assume go winless for Wiggins um, our boy Andrew Williams, who's going to Kansas next year, is a stud. The Sixers next year, that, that's really that's really the way to make our dough for the 2014 draft. That is really our entry point into the, into stardom. So pretty much this year is going to be a yawner. But next draft could be one of the most important days in 76ers history next June Everybody should tune in for that NBA draft because that will shape the landscape of this league for years to come. We have a ridiculous draft next year. So the Sixers are breaking it apart, and I like the moves. It's aggressive, um, and uh, and yeah, it's definitely a risk, but we took some steps back for this year, but I like it because you want to go for a championship in a couple of years. Well, there's one thing that gets overlooked in these uh, transactions is that the Sixers have really struggled financially. With They've always been over the cap. They've always been saddled with big contracts. They cleared a ton of cap room by getting rid of Holiday. Also, looking, you're, you touched upon sports medicine. You touched upon an ACL. I'll tell you right now that an ACL repair is certainly a very durable condition. So if you look at uh, a guy like Adrian Peterson, that guy had a remarkable comeback, and these ligaments heal well. And the most important thing is Noel's knees are not degenerative, so you can't compare Bynum, whose knees are like the knees of a 50-year-old person who had you know, five knee surgeries, and really the Sixers blew it completely in drafting Bynum. Uh, one of the guys we know... Who is? Uh, it's true. Oh, you, you, have, you, you have a problem. You, you think that was a good pick, Spence? I, uh, no, not drafting a free agent. Oh, whatever. Let, let's not get hung up on semantics here. Uh, uh, when I even hear the name Bynum, I can't even talk. So the fact is, you can't compare a young guy like Noel, who who will, I believe, have a full repair, and by Christmas time will be, you know, basically blocking five shots a game, and has has a big upside. With Carter Williams, remember. When you get rid of Holiday, who's going to be your point guard? You're, you're certainly we, – we can look at the uh, the guy from Ohio State. Um, <laughs> the we villain. Can, the villain. Yeah, well, he's not a villain. But the fact is uh, you, you need a point guard. You have no point guard. So uh, C.J. McCallum is, is a scorer. He's not a point guard. He's not a distributor at all. He really isn't, Spence. And 
I think that he'll be a very good pick for Portland as the 10th pick. But Carter Williams is a true point guard, and you need one because you just traded away your point guard. So one thing is there's a lot of teams that are going to be scrambling to the bottom to get that Wiggins pick. One team that comes to mind is the Boston Celtics, who traded not only their whole team but also their coach in order to be terrible. Interesting story that came out about ML Carr. The Celtics actually did this one time before, and ML Carr was the coach, and they tried to lose as many games as possible, and, and he obviously he knew he wouldn't be coming back to coach the team. So you've got a lot of teams that are going to try to lose a lot of games this year, and it's going to be quite interesting. So we have a little short segment, too, and we're going to lead right into segment three where we're going to get into get deep into fantasy football with our, our guest here, Ben Fogle, and I'm going to opt out of those segments. So stay tuned. Yes. We'll be right back for some NFL football talk. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You 
You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Bruce the Sports Doc on the Voice America Sports Network. And uh, again, it's springtime, it's May, it's a beautiful time of year, people are out there barbecuing, people are going to their proms for high school students, colleges are ending, it is a great time of year, and summer is looking us right in the face. When you think of ba- when you think of spring, well, I already hinted at it, you think of the sport of baseball. And here I am privileged to be joined by one of the key components of this FCS baseball phenomenon, which is their baseball team. So I'm here with Benjamin Fogel, who plays varsity baseball for Friend Central. And Ben, just talk about your background being a fan of the show and uh, talk about yourself as a student and as an athlete. Sure, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, Spencer. Uh, I've, I've been meaning to get on the show uh, for a long time. The honor is all mine. Um, I'm excited to finally be on the show, get my get my voice out there, uh, get heard. So this is this is exciting. I've I've dreamt about this moment, and uh, and uh, here I am. So uh, I guess a little about me. Um, like you said, I'm Ben Fogel. I'm a senior at FCS. Um, I play second base and third base. Uh, so I'm mainly a utility infielder, but um, I, I come in off the bench to to pitch some games, come in out of the bullpen as well as sometimes I'll play corner outfield, so left field and right field. Um, that that's where I'm at right now. Uh, tomorrow we have our last our last regular season game. We're looking to break two records, and then we're going into the playoffs. So it's uh, it's uh, pretty big for us. Yeah, you, you, you described yourself as kind of like a five-tool guy, as kind of like an everyday player just doing everything with this team. And uh, talk about your background of playing baseball as a kid because you know we know that you're kind of a journeyman. You started off at Saligman uh, Day School, and then you've worked your way up to, to being a key part of a Friend Central Varsity baseball team. So just talk about your love for the game stemming from an early age. Yeah, I guess uh, I started playing baseball when I was uh, five years old. I played uh uh, I played Lower Marion Little League, and I, I must have played Lower Marion Little League for uh, eight years, nine years. So it was always fun doing spring and fall ball, playing in the summer as well. So I've, I've always been involved uh, uh, with, with baseball and Little League as well as through middle school um, and, then, uh, and then straight into high school. Although my, my high school career has been rough, uh, hopefully this is going to be my first full uh, season healthy. Hopefully, uh, I didn't jinx it. Knock on wood. Um, but when I was a sophomore, I, I broke my ankle in two spots, and then I broke my wrist. Um, last year, I, I broke my thumb, and uh, I, I pulled a tendon. So so far uh, this year, so good. I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy, and I'm trying to uh, just uh, make sure I can actually physically uh, play the game. It's it's a physical sport, actually, baseball, and I guess it's more physical than people might perceive it to be. Uh, again, you're listening to uh, Ben Fogel, Spencer Grossinger. You can follow him on Twitter at BF Changs, and uh, he mentioned getting his name out, and that's exactly what he's doing. But also, this Friend Central baseball team has a lot of interesting personalities, coupled by great success in the Friends League this year. Um, in the past couple of years, how have you guys fared in the league compared to this year? I'll start off with that. 
Well, in uh, 2011, we won the Friends League, and um, last year we had a very early exit. It was very disappointing when we lost to Friends Select and we left early. But what we're trying to do now is something that no Friends Central team has ever done. We are trying to go undefeated in, in the Friends League, and we would be the first Friends Central team to do it in the modern era. So we'd be the first varsity baseball team to do this in the modern era. So that's, that's very exciting. Um, currently, right now, we are first place in our division. We are first place in our league. We are 9-0 and and undefeated. If we win tomorrow, we do get that undefeated, and we go 10-0 and on the season, which is already a historical first in Friends Central history. The other historic, the other historic moment um, would be if we score a run tomorrow. So if we win, we have to score a run. But currently, we have 99 runs in the league this year. So, so far we've scored 99 runs, and if we score one run tomorrow, yeah. break 100, and we break another record. Free corn so dogs. In the past, free corn dogs. Like I said when I was a sophomore, we won the Friends League Championship. Ben, free corn dogs tomorrow if you score that run? So tomorrow if we score that run, if we win that game, we break a record, and we do, we've, we'll do something no other Friends Central team has done in history. So while Friends Central has been able to win the Friends League Championship, Hopefully now we can finally do more than win that championship. We can completely dominate the league, and we can do uh, and we could be the the best Friends Central team in history. You talked about Friends League a lot. That that's what I've pretty much gathered from your answer. And uh, since you're a four year guy, you've been around the sport a while. You've been through the pu- the tug and uh, pug of the of the season. Well, you know what you know what I'm describing there with that. You've been through the you've been through the ringer. Um, you've played. You've played four years. You've been around the uh, the team. Either being what it seems maybe like a water boy role in the first couple of years. No, I'm just kidding with you, Ben. But you've you've seemed to have seen faces in the friends league from playing them from playing each team once a year. So just talk about facing players in the friends league and talk about your most sworn enemy in the friends league i mean don't be afraid because i'm sure that it's just it's just you're just enemies on the baseball field and once you get off the diamond your friends and your casual acquaintances in the neighborhood but just talk about the rivalry talk about the friends league you're a senior and you've seen these kids for four years are you disgusted with maybe guys from shipley maybe guys from germantown friends talk about the friends league and the rivalry you have built over time. Well, you stole my thunder right there, Spencer. At Germantown and uh, Shipley, there are two biggest rivals. Um, it was great playing them both this year. Shipley, uh, we completely obliterated them. We embarrassed them on their oh, own. Man. Shots. Fans. We beat them 19 nothing. Mercy rule style. We had Mercy rule. The ball in our most trusted pitcher, who pitched, I believe, a. Um, Two hit shutout. We had Aaron the Ross. Slam jam, baby. Sorry, I know uh, Aaron uh, Ross. He's he's famous. <laughs> he's famous on the program. I know he's yeah. he's tried to record a couple shows. <laughs> um, we're gonna have to get We've him. On. Scratched him. He's on the deleted scenes side of the podcast, but he's working his way up to maybe getting his big time. He's working, but uh, Aaron Ross completely dominated Shipley, and we beat them nineteen nothing. And then Aaron Ross, uh, he got the ball against GFS, uh, who is our biggest ally, uh, who is our biggest uh, rival, sorry, our biggest enemy in all of Friend Central sports. Uh The ship, right? Hitter against GFS. Is it the ship? Is it the ship? No hitter. Is it the ship? 
Um, well, we sunk the ship and then we caged the tiger. Um, like I said, Aaron threw the no-hitter. Um, he, he got on a, a shout-out on 94.1 on the radio. Um, he, he got a little thing, a little blurb in the, for the Inquirer. So we threw a no-hitter against GFS and yeah. we beat them 10 nothing. So wow. that was, it was fantastic to uh, bring the Felsen Cup, which is um, what our rivalry between them is. Um, we're bringing it back to uh, Friend Central. Um, Aaron threw a no-hitter. It was it was great. Tensions did flare that game. Uh, there was a little uh, a little violence, but uh, you know <laughs> we we of course ended up on top. Yeah, I mean you just got to take the high road in that situation. Let your let your actions speak for themselves on the field. I mean we're glad that uh, uh, we're glad that our dear friend Aaron Ross is a better um, thrower of the baseball than he is a radio host out there or a radio guest. <laughs> that is- that is very true, but um, he's learning. Uh, he is an aggressive uh, radio host. He is unfiltered. I'm um, yeah. on the radio, but he's 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 like that. On Definitely the too. Um, there was not very couples cool. in the game. There was one at home plate where another senior, Danny Rogers, um, tried to run past the catcher, and there were a couple elbows and a couple fists being thrown. But that passed, and then um. Yeah. Our, uh, one of our hitters, uh, Lou Schlesinger, uh, tentative Lou, as laid laid back Lou. Laid back Lou, tentative Lou, sweet Lou, whatever you want to call him. Sweet Lou, I love that. <laughs> yeah, he, he got hit by a pitch. Yeah. And then the, the next pitch, Aaron Ross uh, did something very risky. He risked his no-hitter um, when he hit the guy intentionally. Oh. The first. Oh, I love that. That's team so. above himself actions right there. So. Exactly. Tension, I, tensions flared, but I'm, of course, once again, we... <laughs> He's not afraid to go inside on the hitters, and that that's what makes, you know, talk about the swagger real quick of Aaron Ross. I, I know he chews gum like a cow. I know he's very loose with his words, but it seems on the mound he's had a lot of control, really gotten into a groove. Talk about his work ethic this year. What do you think has been the key to Aaron Ross's ignition? Uh, well, the greatest thing about Aaron Ross is he has – the worst mechanics of any baseball player that I think anyone in the team has ever seen. He's terrible mechanics, but he's got that natural baseball instincts, and he can deliver. His swing, when he swings, he jumps around, he's flopping. If he swings and miss, he'll do a full 180 turn. He'll jump in the air and turn to the other side. Little bench warmers at little... One hand off the bat and stick it up there. When he swings, it is ugly. But when he hits the ball, it's it's a thing of beauty. He's got that natural baseball talent. He knows what he's doing. He's got a high baseball IQ. So while he's not, he doesn't have perfect or good-looking mechanics, he knows how to play the game well. And that's why he's one of our best uh, hitters, and he is our, our our best pitcher. So he, he knows how to play the game. He's the funniest kid. Everyone loves Aaron Ross. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, he's productive, that he gets a lot of bang for his buck, so to speak, Aaron Ross. So uh, one of the catalysts of this team, Aaron Ross. But again, I want to talk more about this season as a whole. You started off on a very rough note in April. Huge wake-up call. It's like your coach Ross came to your bed at 6 a.m. and poured a bucket of Gatorade on your head as Episcopal and Malvern Prep, you took a trip out to the rugged fields of Newtown Square, and they completely lit you guys up. How did that wake-up call, how did that tough scheduling by your coach kind of help you guys benefit later on by playing teams in the Friends League? Well, the first thing our coach said this year is we would have to face adversity, and adversity we faced before the season even started, before we even started playing games. Our assistant coach, 
uh, had to be let go. So we had to part ways with our assistant coach who, who had to be um, fired from the team and, and released. So for the entire year, we've had one head coach. We've had only had one true coach. We've had uh, you know some great FCS graduates, some great alumni of the baseball program, Noreedy Neal and uh, Big Phil Rosenblum. They've come and helped out. But we've really only had one coach so that was that was rough in the beginning we were uh, uh we were getting 10 and 15 runs every day when we went down to south carolina i'm not gonna lie we got our um i'll try to keep it pg we got our butts handed to us in south yeah. carolina yeah. i mean we, we would keep getting 10 runs every day and uh we would play in the snow in haverford it was snowing and hailing yeah. and we lost and it was it was really miserable and uh we needed a big wake-up call. We needed that spark, and uh, we finally got that spark and uh, came back. Although, one funny story, um, Spencer. I, I I know you'll like it, and I know the, the listeners. All right, absolutely. Uh, Send us out because okay. I, be- I believe it was. Uh, <sighs> no pressure, Ben. Take your time. Fielder. I know Springside merged with that school. I don't remember what yeah. that school was. But when we merged, um, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. It was a great game, 0-0 zero, zero going into the 14th inning. And then after the uh, after the 14th inning, I mean, sorry, after the fourth inning, they scored 17 runs in the fourth. Oh, it was Chestnut Hill Academy. So against Chestnut Hill Academy, it was 4-4. I mean, it was 0-0 zero, zero going into the fourth inning. And then they scored 17 runs in the, oh in the fourth inning. And then they had to put me in the pitch, and that's when I earned my nickname. Well, actually, I, I created the nickname for myself, but... Ben the Band-Aid Fogel because you know I, I stopped the bleeding <laughs> right. but uh, but we lost uh, on, 17 man. to nothing in the snow and I think that was I think that was um, the, the, the big game that changed it for us because uh, then we went down to South Carolina and we won our, our first uh, our first uh, big game of the year we won that 11 nothing um, but you know we still struggled uh, after that, but we finally uh, we we knew what it was like to get killed, and uh, we didn't like that feeling. So we had to, you know, really turn things around. Absolutely. Again, uh, while time flies, and especially talking to you, Ben Fogel, I mean, just a great uh, first interview on Bruce the Sports Stock Man. You you knocked it out of the park. On, uh, I guess pun was intended. And uh, <laughs> I, I, hope, uh, I hope I didn't uh, talk too much. You know, I, I get nervous on especially such a big program like. Uh, uh, Bruce, the sports doc, and I hope I don't just uh, you know filibuster yeah. take up all your time with. I know you got uh, you got other important things. Oh well, as an interviewer, there's not there's no greater joy than hearing uh, the person you're interviewing go ahead and talk. It makes my job easy, and that's my goal is to uh, serve you up some flounders and and give you some easy questions to just tee off on. And uh, 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 we 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 got we got to go we got to run it's Bruce the Sports Stock that was Ben Fogel and uh, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day. Thanks, it was, you know, it, was, uh, it was great to be here, Spencer. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand, twenty four seven. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be... Injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation, 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs, okay? And they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur, which presses into a nerve root in the spine, Or, alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear 
or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. What? Disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. And what happens is, there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superior iliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such where you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg, and also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three 
injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send them to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching. Second-tier treatment, we do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission, and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope, so we have actual pictures of the needle, we can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels, I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain. Soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically in four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days. 
general physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated. They get a careful exam by a neurologist. We find they need MRIs. And it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three. Lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries, that's one category. Lumbar facet injuries and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.